Glad you're here today. Why don't we tell them thanks for our lunch today? Good job on our lunch. I want to encourage you, as always, every single week, be thinking about who you can invite. want to see our men's lunch continue to grow. Uh, every week, the easiest thing to do is just call somebody, text somebody, invite somebody to join you, and we'll continue to see our, our numbers grow. Uh, let, me, let me start off today and say today is going to be somebody's lucky, lucky day. Somebody, one of y'all that, that made the effort to be here today, it's going to be your lucky day. And, and I have figured out uh, a way to grow attendance in our men's lunch, and, and it's going to be a pretty exciting thing. We're going to start to do this uh, every single week, and, and here's how it's going to work. Uh, does anybody here have $10? Two fives? All right, I'm going to go with you. Here's how we're going to do this. We're going to do this every single week. You have $10. I have a $20 bill, and I want to exchange with you. This 20 for that 10 and you're going to leave with a free lunch and $10 profit. We're going to start to do this every single week. We're all going to jump next time. <laughs> okay. Now, now I might take this and donate it to the food bank. <laughs> Did you look at it? That, t- that $20 bill came out of our play set in our church nursery. I picked that up about an hour ago. <laughs> We're going to start doing that every single week. Next week, if you'll line up, we'll make the same trade. We'll do that, we'll do that every week. Uh, again, that's a, that's a fake $20 bill. I got that out of the church nursery with the, the play set there. Uh, here's the thing about that $20 bill. That is the same size as our regular money. I looked at it. It's the same size. It's pretty much... Uh, the same color when you wad it up, it looks like the other uh, when you open it up, it actually has a goofy picture on it, but it looks like it has the same color. It actually says a, a $20 bill on it. The question is this, how do you know the fake? Uh, he didn't know the fake, but how would you know the fake uh, if, if we were to make that, that trade? Here's the truth of today. The truth of it is this, you know the fake by knowing the real. And that's how, you, that's how you make the distinction. I, I'm told, I, I've never been around a whole lot of money, but I'm told that, that bank tellers and people that handle money uh, for a living, that they can't today train them uh, to keep up with all the counterfeits. There are new counterfeits coming out all the time. There's, there's better counterfeits coming out all the time. And so there's not a way to train them to know all the counterfeits. And really, whatever region you're in, whatever's going on in that region, they can't train you to know all the counterfeits. Uh, that's not possible. And so what they do is they train them to know the real, uh, to spend time with the real, to see how it feels, to see what it, how, how it weighs in their hand. And after spending time with the real, uh, they are quickly able to identify the fake. And so the truth of it is this. You're not going to have to memorize all the counterfeit dollars. You're just going to have to have a, a working knowledge uh, of the fake. And that's how you would identify it. Let me say this. Today we live in a world, and I, I try to think of a, a, of a good word to, to describe it, and this is what I came up with. Today we live in a world of junk theology. We live in a world of junk theology. We live in a world of fake and false preaching. We live in a world of fake and false preachers and teachers, and that's the reality of the age that we're living in. We're living in an age where the truth is being distorted. The truth is being perverted. The truth is being hijacked. You take the truth and you hold it ransom over here. And honestly, I'll just tell you this. We're living in an age where the truth is being prostituted. 
There are people that take the truth of God's word and they distort it and they change it and they find a way to profit off of it, a way to exalt themselves through it. And we are living in the age of junk theology, of false teaching. And and the, the, the sad part of that is this. People are suffering for it. Well, what, who cares what they believe? Who cares what they teach? What if it's not exactly right? We, we laugh at, at Creflo Dollar and his $60 million jet, and we laugh at those things, oh, whatever that is, and we really think, well, it's not that big of a deal. Listen, people are suffering for it. The people today of our culture, our world, our town, they are perishing. They are hurting for a lack of the truth. They are hurting for a lack of the truth. Their homes are hurting for a lack of the truth. The kids that they're raising today are hurting for a lack of the truth. And so the question becomes this. So how do you know the truth? How do you keep from making the trade for the the fake 20? How do you know the truth? Now let me just tell you this. Today, just because it's in a Christian bookstore doesn't mean it's of God. There's a lot of garbage in Christian bookstores. Today, just because it's on Christian radio doesn't mean it's of God. There is a lot of garbage on Christian radio. Today, just because it comes from a pulpit doesn't mean it's of God. There's a lot of garbage that goes on in pulpits today. So the, so the question is, the important question is, how do you know the truth? Well, we're going verse by verse through, through First John. Again, we see the false teachers have entered into the church The aged, the old apostle John sees the danger, sees the threat, and so he writes the letter to address the threat. Uh, We're moving along verse by verse today. We're going to start the fourth chapter, and we're going to see several really great things in the next couple of weeks, some profound things in the next couple of weeks, but I want to start today with just one verse as we move into the fourth chapter. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 says this, Beloved, do not believe every spirit... But test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. I want you to listen to that again. One verse today. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. All right, let's look, let's look at that verse piece by piece. It starts off and it says this. Beloved, beloved. Fourth chapter starts off, the verse starts off, beloved. Now what that means is he is talking to the church. He is talking to Christians. He's talking to to followers of Jesus Christ. Now I want you to see this today. The problem is not only a threat to the church, it is a threat that is springing up in the church. And that's a pretty big distinction for us to see. That's a pretty big thing for us to have eyes for. It's not only a threat to the church, it is a threat that is coming up in the church. Be, be very sure, I believe the greatest threat that's going to come for the church today in 2018 is not going to come from outside of the church. Now, we see the culture is hostile to the church. We see the government is increasingly more and more hostile to the church. But I want to tell you, I think the biggest threat in 2018 is not going to come from outside of the church, those on the outside. I don't think somebody's going to show up. I don't think some group is going to show up and, and attack the church to that extent. I believe the greatest threat are those who are going to blend in to the church, those who are going to hide out in the church, those who are going to pose 
and appear one way but be something else totally in the church. And I believe the greatest threat in 2018 for the church of Jesus Christ is going to come from inside the church. Jesus, Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 says this. Listen to this warning. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves, ravenous, vicious, aggressive wolves seeking to tear you apart. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Let me just say this. If they show up as a wolf, I think we're pretty good at seeing a wolf. And I think they showed up at the church and they show up and they're attacking. They, they come as a wolf and they, they reveal themselves. I'm here and I'm aggressive and I have the intent to tear you apart. I think we would take care of a wolf. Your house, a wolf shows up, you're going to know what to do. I think we would take care of a wolf. But the danger is they show up like a sheep. And they come in and they look like a sheep and they talk like a sheep. And they intermingle with the sheep and they build connections with the sheep and there's a, there's a following among the sheep. And the real danger is they're not a sheep. Inwardly, they're a ravenous wolf. And so we see here, it says, beloved Christian church, understand the threat is inside the church. Verse continues and says this, beloved, do not believe every spirit. Do not believe every spirit. Now there's, there's two types of spirits. There is the spirit of truth, the spirit of God, and there is the spirit of error, a spirit that's a lie. And it says, do not believe every, every spirit, every spiritual teaching. The, the spirit is going to indwell these folks, and the, the person that's indwelled with the truth of God, they're going to speak the truth of God. Those that are indwelled with an evil spirit, uh, they're not of God, they're not of Christ, they're going to speak non-truth. And so it says, do not believe really every spiritual teaching. Some folks, just because it is, it is clothed or it is hidden as a spiritual teaching, accept it. And I've, I've noticed this as a, as a pastor. I've noticed this as a preacher. There are some folks, and just because we hide it in the right words, just because we would clothe it as a spiritual thought, uh, everybody would grab a hold of it. Everybody would say, oh, look at this, this great spiritual truth. And because it's a, a spiritual teaching, Folks seem prone to accept it. Let me give you an example. God will not give you more than you can handle. God will not give you more than you can handle. And so, oh, listen, it's tough. And I'll just tell you, it's tough today. It's, it's hard today. It's hard and it's tough. And, and folks get beat up by the world and they come and it's, it's hard and it's tough. And, and this has happened and maybe this financial thing has happened. And maybe this has happened in their relationships. And maybe this has happened in their health. And they show up and it's hard and it's, it's tough in their life. And we say, well, the good news is God will not give you more than you can handle. Did you know that's not in the Bible? Did you know that's not, that's not true? You see, there's lots of stuff, many things that are more than we can handle. And our answer in those times is to turn to him. Our answer in those times is to turn to Jesus Christ. And let me just tell you, I've seen this over and over. You, you start telling people God's not going to give you more than you can handle. You start to, to make the comfort of their life. God's not going to give you more than you can handle. He's not going to heap that on you. And when the things start to happen and it becomes more than they can handle, they start to question God. 
And they show up at my house and say, well, I got this, I've got this diagnosis and I thought we had this licked and the cancer's back and this is more than I can handle. And they start to say, well, where's God now? Or they start to question their faith. Maybe I've got some, some faith problem. Maybe I, don't, I didn't say the right magic prayer. Maybe, maybe I've got some sin problem. And they start to question all these things. Listen, that's, that's what happens when you uphold the truth, the, the falsehood. That's what happens when you promote our comfort and our safety in a lie instead of the truth. It wrecks the whole thing. So it says this. Do not believe every spirit. The Greek verb tense here says this. And I think it's very interesting. The, 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 the verse says, do not believe, beloved, do not believe every spirit. The Greek verb tense says, stop believing. I think that's pretty interesting because it's talking about something that's already happening. And so the apostle John knows the false teachers have shown up and he says, stop believing Every spirit, stop believing every spiritual teaching. Stop believing it's already happened. Really, it means this, and this is a pretty literal translation, and it comes back mostly to me, um, but a deep theological explanation is this. Don't be dumb. That's what he says here. Stop believing everything you hear. Stop believing every spiritual teaching. Just because they're saying it and they clothe it in the right words, don't be dumb. Quit believing everything you hear. In any other spectrum, if we started to believe everything we heard, we'd say, that person's a fool. That person's an idiot. John says here, stop believing everything you hear. Do not be dumb. Do not believe every spirit. Then it says this, but test the spirits. Beloved church, do not believe, stop believing every spirit, but test the spirits. Now, this is the spirit that's in the teacher. Again, it's the spirit of God, the spirit of the truth. And in that, they're going to teach the truth. Or it is the evil spirit, the teaching of falsehood. And, that, and that's what's going to propel them. Now, stay with me. Let, me. let me say this. All of this... And rid of this whole letter, all of this is an about an attack on the truth. It's an about an attack on the truth. You see, the truth is Jesus Christ. The truth is what leads to salvation. The truth is salvation. The truth is the redemption of, of sinners. The truth is, is forgiveness of our sins. That is the truth. The truth is eternal life through Jesus Christ. That is the truth. It is the truth, the Bible says, that will set you free. And so there is an attack on the truth. And listen to me. That attack is from Satan. That attack's from Satan. Well, they're a pretty good guy. Well, the world thinks they're popular. Well, they're successful. Well, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe, maybe close enough is good enough. Listen, the attack on the truth is from Satan. Remember back in the Garden of Eden, the original attack, the very first attack is on the Word of God. It's on the truth. Remember, Eve's, Eve says, uh, God has said. God has said this. And Satan says, has God surely said? He starts to cast doubt on the Word of God. He starts to cast doubt on the truth. And he starts a distortion of the truth. He starts a perversion of the truth. There is an attack on the truth. Now I want you to hear me very carefully here. These false teachers, and I almost just made a list and just passed them out today, but these false teachers, 
I do not care what the world says. I do not care how they're heralded. I don't care how successful they are. I don't care how popular they are. I don't care whoever acclaims them. The person that teaches non-truth, the person that teaches the false, that person is of Satan. That's the truth of the scripture. That person's of Satan. They, they're serving the cause of Satan. They're destroying the truth that would lead to Jesus Christ. That is an attack against Jesus. That is of Satan. Listen, a false teacher, they're not funny. A false teacher is not something to overlook. A false teacher is not something to, to, to wink and to smile at. A false teacher, they are leading people away from the truth of Jesus Christ, and they are of Satan. So it says, test the spirits to see whether they are of God. Test the teachers. Test their teachings to see if they're from God. Now, this is, this is going to be a big deal in our culture. We've got an onslaught of garbage. We've got garbage on the radio, garbage on the, the Facebook and the Internet, garbage coming all these different ways. Test the teachers and test their teachings to see if they are from God. The word test here means to prove. It means actually to put under pressure so that the real things pop out. Evaluate, put under pressure, examine, test to prove. Hear this today. This is the most important thing you'll hear today. The only true test that we have, hear this, the only, the only sure test that we have, the only reliable test that we have is the word of God. It is the standard. The Bible says it is the plumb line. It is the test that we use to evaluate. You want to know how I'm going to test the, the teaching of somebody? You want to know how I'm going to test the preacher that's preaching these things? It is the standard of the word of God alone. Today, people say, well, it's our experiences. Oh, the high we had there. Oh, the, the, the worship we had there. It's the experience. Listen, your experience will, will fool you. It's the feeling that we had. You can't mimic that feeling. Oh, the feeling I had in my soul, I know it was of God. Listen, your feelings will fool you. Well, the popular thought, you know what? It just, it just seems logical. The, the, the logic of humans, it just seems logical. You know what? This is what everybody says today, and maybe this is how it is. Listen, popular culture, human logic is wrong a lot of times. It'll fool you. The test is the word of God. If you hear me of anything today, listen to this. The test is the word of God. Today we have all sorts of additional words. Additional words being portrayed as the word of God. We have new words today. We have a new word from God. We have a fresh word. People say, you know what? I'm coming to the pulpit today and I have a fresh word. Listen, the standard is not a new word, an additional word, another word. The standard is the word of God, the Bible. John says, quit believing everything, but evaluate it according to the word of God, the Bible. Man, let me just tell you this. If you're gonna be the best man that God's created you to be, if you are, you're going to have to take up the standard of God's word. I don't care what your feelings are. I don't care what the culture says. I don't, I don't care what anybody else says. If you're going to be the best man 
the man that God has created you to be, you're going to have to do it according to the standard of God's word. If you're going to be the husband that God called you to be, your direction is not from, from some class somewhere. Your direction is from the word of God. If you're going to be the best dad that God has called you to be, you're going to have to take up the standard of the word of God. If you want to be the best Christian follower of Jesus Christ that, that you could ever be, you're going to have to take up the standard of the word of God. The word of God is our standard. Our testing, therefore, of the message and the message messenger is the word of God. Now let me just say this. Why? Why is he hammering this? Why am I doing it again this many years later? Why? The standard is the word of God. Live by the word of God. Order your life according to the word of God. The plumb line, the test is going to be the word of God. Why? Listen to this. The verse says, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. The reason we have to test it, the reason we have to evaluate it, the reason we have to stop believing everything that we hear is because it says this, many have gone out into the world. Well, I thought it was just a few. I thought it was just the ones that we can name and we can point out and we can laugh at. I, th I thought it wasn't that many. Listen, I think it's the majority. I think it's most of them. Many have gone out into the world. Many, many have gone out into the world and they're going to lead many, many astray. Today in 2018, it's the many. It's the many in the pulpits. It's the many in the churches. It's the many in the, the places of influence. It's the many on the radio. It's the many in, in, in the internet and, the, and the Facebook. It's the many. And so there's many that have gone out. Satan's plan is poised to send out many. If I just sent one, we might be able to point them out, but I'll send out many, and the message of the many will become so popular, it'll start to overrun the truth. Listen, the many are all saying this. That guy must be wrong. And so it's the many that are going out. It's many that's, that are in Satan's plan. And through the many, many are missing Jesus Christ. That's the saddest thing of this whole deal. You know what? Through the many, many are missing Jesus Christ. People are looking for Christ. People are hurting and looking for answers. And all they can find, all they can find are the many, and many are missing Jesus Christ. The answer is this. Just like that fake dollar at the start. You know what the answer is for you and for me? It's to handle the real enough that we can quickly call out the fake. And you say, well, I thought the, I thought the answer was just to find a real preacher and let's just listen to him. You know, that's a good thing, but the answer is not that. The answer is for you to handle the real enough, to handle the real enough that you say, no, that's not right. That doesn't line up with God's word. Well, God's word says this. No, God's word doesn't say that. The answer for us is to do this, to handle the real enough that we can quickly call out the fake. The, the point of this message is this. Let us be men of God's word. That's left our culture. That's left our churches. That's left our, we can't even define what a gender is. I say that all the time, but that's unbelievable. Gender is not fluid, it's set. We've left behind the word of God. The, the, the answer for all this is this. The faults that are there, they're coming, they're the many. The answer is this. You as an individual would take up and you would know the word of God. Let us be men of the word of God. Glad you're here today. Let me ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. Glad you were here.
If anybody wants a twenty dollar bill, I'll give you. You can bring me a five, and I'll trade you for it later. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come. We're thankful for you. I'm thankful for the truth of God's word. Not because I'm legalistic. Not because I'm judgmental. Not because I'm harsh. Not because I want to take it and pound people with it. I'm thankful for the word of God because it points me to my Savior Jesus Christ. It, th- it points me to the remedy for my sin, not someone else's, my sin. It points me to the way of redemption, a restored relationship with the Holy God. It points me to peace in my home and peace in my marriage and peace with my kids and peace in my church. I'm thankful for the word of God because it points me to Jesus. And I pray that today we would be people of your word. And I pray we would know it, we would memorize it, we would sing it, we would hear it, we would go where it's preached, we'd read it in our beds. We would be men of your word. And I pray that the outflow of that, I know what it would be. We'd be men of Jesus. Men that are are prioritizing Jesus. Men that are serving Jesus. Men that are walking in Jesus Christ, abiding in him. Help us be that. Propel us to be that. Lord, we love you, we thank you, we praise you. And I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Glad you were here.